Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 65 of This Week in Marketing Show, also known as The Trim Show. I'm your host, Sajid Islam, and today I'll be going over the notable news and updates in the digital marketing space from the week of July 12, 2021. So today, first off, we are going to begin with announcements from Facebook. In fact, it's a rather big announcement where Facebook has said they are looking to spend about a billion dollars to fund content creators. At a high level, this is very exciting. This is something we love. Facebook says, you know, Mark Zuckerberg comes out and says, you know what, we are going to spend a million dollars, a billion, sorry, uh, to fund uh, creators in the next 18 months. However, this signals the challenge we are all seeing when it comes to you know enticing content creators to remain on the platform we've seen tiktok do that we've seen snapchat do that and you know those programs have relatively been uh successful now facebook is saying you know we want to get more creators which is great uh we'll see how this works out i personally do not like these programs it's just because it attracts people who are you know really good at you know gaming the system or who are already doing well to get paid and oftentimes these are big creators uh, and the people those you know small creators such as us you me the regular creators we miss out right and we'll see how what the downstream effect of this actually works out to in the long run but i feel like you know this is just going to give them a temporary boost uh, and eventually when they the funding runs out the creators go on to something a more greener pastures just cuz they hired they brought in creators that are not really to not really going to stay on the platform for the long run we'll see but for now that's the update okay next update we have again is also from facebook that facebook pay is now available as a payment option on third-party websites this is a good news for facebook itself just because you know uh, facebook pay has been within facebook and you know it's something i have never used i've always been uh, a little bit leery of using facebook payment just because Facebook already has too much data about me. But so Facebook extending it out to third-party websites where websites can actually uh, use it to process transactions, things like that would be great. The details remains to be seen, you know, what percentage they will take out, how they will, like, you know, enforce uh, things like chargeback, you know, banning accounts, things like that, which, you know, Stripe, PayPal does a lot more. And again, Facebook has this history of screwing uh, small business owners by banning their account how will facebook do that as face with facebook pay all remains to be seen but for now i am personally not interested in you know using facebook pay anytime soon i don't see a benefit of it because if our website is saying facebook pay i would have to still you know log into my facebook account provide my, provide my credentials to them and so that you know it can i can process the transactions with facebook pay i might as well use apple pay google pay uh, Shopify pay or just put in just simply put in my credit card number I think that's just easier wouldn't you say that but anyway for Facebook I think it's a similar thing if this catches on obviously they get users to get accustomed to Facebook pay and maybe you know they will do more in-platform transactions that's one thing the other thing of for Facebook on the other hand side like imagine if I was a website you know and right now Facebook has this issue where because of Apple's ATT which app uh, ATT uh, forgot application transparent uh, app transparent uh, whatever tracking uh, from ios 14.5 and beyond you know they don't have a lot of conversion data so facebook actually gets the conversion data as well so this actually helps facebook in a long way 
but re really remains to be seen how many websites adopt it and even if they adopt it, how many people actually end up using it. But nevertheless, it's a good move from Facebook as a, from a business standpoint. I, am, I would do, if I was running this program, I would be like, let's do it, let's get some data. Okay, the next update from Facebook, again, is also Facebook. It seems like Facebook is dom dominated this week, which actually they did. Uh, the next update from Facebook is Facebook rolled out sound emojis uh, on Messenger Day, uh, on Messenger for Emoji Day. Right? Emoji Day was July 17th, and actually Mark Zuckerberg actually shared a post where he says his team went to uh, the sound emoji, the messenger team went to an organic farm to capture some organic goats uh, sound. Uh, I believe it was goat. And then some guy joked and they says, you know, well, yeah, man, organic goats definitely uh, sound a lot better than regular goats. Uh, that's how I felt, uh, which is, you know, why would you ship your whole team in the middle of a pandemic to an organic goat farm to record sound from an organic, but again, this is a, like in a publicity stunt. Nevertheless, uh, sound emojis sounds great. You know, it will definitely increase uh, user uh, users or you know people who use Messenger to stay on the platform more because they're gonna send you know more ridiculous sounds and things like that mm -hmm. because GIF wasn't doing it. Uh, maybe after sound emojis, they're gonna be have video emojis because you know, hey, just sound itself is not great. But you know. People are going to stay more or longer on uh, Messenger, which basically means that's what Facebook wants. So I think this is a good move from Facebook. Okay. Next up. <clears throat> Next up, we have Facebook group admins can now designate subject matter experts. This is kind of good for Facebook because, you know, in groups, now group admins can designate group uh, experts. And when we designate someone as an expert, uh, there is going to show up as a Facebook group, exp group expert expert. Uh, under their name in the group and you know people can follow this actually allows a lot of good things because number one is you elevate people in status just imagine if you were using the old day forums like if you haven't a lot of people haven't used forums but in the forums people would get badges right based on what kind of uh level of interactivity how many questions how many posts you have done so facebook is bringing some of those things back into groups which again you know if you have never used forums before with especially vv bulletin or any of those forum softwares this is kind of a you know a page out of those book playbooks and it creates you know everyone likes to feel important right everyone wants to feel wants to do contribution and also they want to be recognized from it so this is a great way, but again, you know, there is Facebook doesn't decide, you know, whether a group expert has to have some certain credentials, things like that. that's up to the group admin. It's a good move. It's a great move from Facebook. I like that. Okay, <clears throat> let's move on. Uh, very quick update uh, that this update is from YouTube. YouTube has decided to launch YouTube Shorts everywhere in the world, wherever YouTube is available, just because they realized, hey, you know, the competitions for Shorts video is heating up, especially with, you know, uh, TikTok announcing that they, two weeks ago that they're going to basically allow up to three minutes of video. YouTube is like opening it up and let's see how creators uh, play with it. Now, I will tell you, I personally haven't seen any shorts. I haven't, I've seen shorts pop up on my YouTube app uh, as suggested videos, but I've not used them just because I know they're one minute or one minute long. Again, I'm looking for on YouTube, I'm looking for more educational content. I do not even know if I can actually uh, be, find something valuable within a minute. Now, it's probably more, they're playing more than, you know, more at a, 
you know, entertainment angle. That's what YouTube is trying to do. And it probably is attracting a whole different set of users than I am. I'm not in that particular group. It remains to be seen how people are remixing shorts, are remix, remixing, uh, creating shorts using remixes from other videos. Let's check it out. Maybe I'm gonna try out a few, couple of them. And you know, one reason why I don't do it is because I'm afraid that it's gonna mess up my YouTube algorithm and then all the videos that I get are recommended for, it's gonna go away and then I'm gonna start seeing a lot more shorts. That's one fear I have, but I have to overcome that fear one of these days and We'll see how it is, how it all works out, okay? Moving on, the next update is TikTok, very timely because we just talked about YouTube Shorts. TikTok is right here and TikTok is, has announced a small business block party, an event series to provide marketing tips and insights. Now, what TikTok is doing is basically courting uh, small businesses onto the platform because TikTok has a thing of, uh, he has a, how do you say, a brand, a public brand image that's saying it's a fun platform right where you do song and dance in fact i used to think that way and one of the video that they highlighted on this announcement page is a video of small business who that was burned down and they were struggling and how they got back on their feet and became profitable because of tiktok amazing story i will tell you folks if you're listening to this ever since i saw that video it totally changed my view of tiktok that you know it, you don't have to sing and dance. You don't have to do all sorts of crappy stuff to make, uh, in a pop, become popular or become make a dent in the TikTok universe. Great stuff, TikToks. I will say the small business block party kicks off on August 5th. Uh, I am going to go ahead and put in a link to that sign up page. If you're a small business owner, check it out. I think there's gonna be great things that's gonna come out of TikTok. Just cause TikTok is really, focused on user growth and basically in the right way is what i say okay with that moving on to twitter uh twitter the only thing i'm gonna say is bye bye twitter fleets now if you if you haven't heard of twitter fleets i don't blame you just because no one used it right twitter fleets is basically a me too feature or a copycat feature of instagram stories instagram stories was also a copycat feature from snapchat but anyway uh, you know and then become facebook stories as well anyway what i'm going to say is that twitter copied it and in nine months since august 3rd of last year uh, oh sorry since august 3rd it will not be available but basically they announced it i think in october november of last year but Twitter realized that people are not using it, right? For that matter, I don't even know how many people are actually using Facebook stories or Instagram stories because I do follow like a lot of people, but I only see a very few uh, people on Instagram using stories. We ourselves do not use that much stories, but what I'm going to say is that Facebook, the way Facebook slash Instagram, the way they have been able to carry, you know, move stories in f ahead was that saying, you know, it played onto this people's feature, people's innate desire to get featured and make a higher reach. So see what's happening. Like Facebook nowadays says, you know, if you want higher reach, then you gotta create reels, right? So what happens? Everyone starts creating reels. As a result, it gains momentum. Before reels came stories, where the story was, hey, if you want a bigger reach, you want to reach more people, you want to go viral, then you gotta create stories because if you do that, Facebook algorithm is gonna give that to more, you know priority 
So that's how Facebook made it. But I think this never went with anywhere with uh, Twitter fleets. Anywhere Twitter users are very different from Facebook and Instagram. So they're killing it. That's all. That's all matters. Okay. Next up, we have Microsoft advertising. They're announcing video extensions. This is something new. This is something no one has done. Microsoft is the first one to do it. And I'm really thoroughly uh, pleased that Microsoft came out with it. I'm pretty sure Google is going to copy them sometime soon. And what this basically means is now when you search on Microsoft uh, search engine, which is Bing, you, when you, along with your search results, you can get a small video on the side that you can actually play and it will take you directly to the product page or conversion page, landing page, right? Great move from Microsoft. I really like what they've done here. Uh, I hope other platforms, aka Google copies that because this would really create a lot of uh, inventory, but at the same time, it creates a lot of challenge because now people have to create videos and embed that with their search, uh, uh, with their search results ads, okay? Talking about advertising search engine now, the other thing that came out was GoDaddy. Uh, Google partnered with GoDaddy, and now GoDaddy merchants can add products to Google Shopping directly with a few clicks. Now, if you've been following our show, you know that we have covered how you know Google did partnership with a couple of other uh, shopping cart companies. They did with partnership with Shopify. They also did something with WordPress where you know all the products are going to go directly into Google Shopping this is great you know what they're doing is they're actually trying to slow the growth in my op in my opinion this is great because they're trying to basically put a dent to Amazon's uh, supreme reign right uh, is even if that's a word but basically they want to basically uh, tackle Amazon in, on one end the other end is like an increase bring more people to Google Shopping and Google search because now they realize hey we have more choices on Google Shopping than we have on Amazon that's two and number three is uh, we are gonna see a lot of uh, businesses anyway moving away from Amazon because you know uh, Amazon either shuts them down Amazon is too risky Amazon doesn't allow their merchants to find out who the user the email address and of the person making the purchase things like that right Amazon has its own flaws and plus this week uh, the Amazon got sued because you know there are a lot of unreliable and unsafe products on Amazon that Amazon hasn't done anything about it so all in all this is a great move from Google to create more uh, inventory on Google search Google slash Google shopping however the downside is that you know it will be you know when you search something let's like just say toothpaste you probably end up with like you know 5,000 toothpaste results right and then if my product is showing up at you know 4,500 zero 4,000 if my position on the search results is 4,500 I have to pay to get to the top of number one right again this is a win-win situation for Google is all I will tell you, right? Great move, Google. I really like what you're doing. Okay. With that, the last update of this week is from Google as well, and where the Google launches free tools for travel marketers. And, you know, they have basically, uh, you know, gathered the data and they have launched this tool called Travel Insights. And the Travel Insight tool actually has... Um, four things underneath it it's basically they have destination insights hotel insights 
uh, focusing facts and demand sizing. All in all, what Google is doing is Google is basically taking the data that they have gathered from people uh, from searching, making plans on Google, and putting it into our, you know, into the our trap marketeers dashboard to help us identify what's really happening in the world. Think of it as a the similar way what we do with Google keyword research, right? We could say, okay, how many people are actually searching for the word, let's just say, a marketing podcast, and based on that, we could decide whether we should what keywords to. Bid on and what to do, things like that. But the, my only thing is, with keyword research, the data is never accurate, right? It's an approximate estimate. I wonder whether with this tool that Google has announced, if it's something accurate or if still approximate, right? Because for example, the Destination Insight tool provides a clear picture of top sources of demand per destination. The tool allows you to input an original country, a destination country, a date range and view data related to travel demand for the destination. Uh, so this is directly from De- uh, Google itself, okay? For example, if you set the origin country to worldwide and the destination country to United States, you can find out where demand is coming from and which cities people are looking to visit. This is amazing, right? I can actually say worldwide, around the world, uh, what are people around the world are interested in in the U.S. and I can see the list of cities that people are more focused on, interested in, and then based on that, I could like launch different promotion, different campaigns, things like that, right? The same goes for Hotel Insights, which is basically uh, um, showing amongst which destinations and what kind of hotels people are interested in, things like that. Uh, all in all, great tools from Google. Again, if it's going to be like... 80% accurate, great, but if it's something like one of those gimmicky things where you know, it's 50 to 60% accurate and we're going to always play games with it, I'm not so sure, but will remain to be seen, okay? With that, folks, that's it for this week in marketing. Uh, now you know everything that you need to know. If you'd like to read more, make sure you visit our show page where you will find the links to the articles. Uh, once again, this is your host, Sai Islam, signing off. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye.